0: welcome you twinkling tinkerbell you ebullient cuckoo bud you thunder darting nightingale to the first ever cop on awards my name is owen and i'm really thankful to have you with us you the adored the fated listener Thank you. I hope you enjoy listening to this show in which we find out which rosette shall be pinned to which stallion. It's a celebration. It's a tribute. It's a shrine. It's the Carpon Awards. What a moment, guys. I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by Shane and by Karen in the United States and India respectively. Um, It's two weeks uh, to the day uh, that we beat um, Tottenham to lift our sixth European Cup. My first question, because I don't think this glory has been celebrated enough. I'm sure United fans have had enough. I'm sure Everton fans have had enough. But we have not made enough of this. We shall troll every rival fan for the rest of the summer and the autumn and the spring and then maybe next year uh, we can win it again. Uh, we are the European champions. Karen, I'm going to start with you. Um, my my question last week was about processing the information that we are. Still taking a little bit of time uh, but I'm getting more and more used to it. I'm loving it more and more. It's making me walk taller with my shoulders back. And just think, you know, every time I see the colour red, I'm like, ah, that's the colour of the European champion's top. I mean, it's it's Liverpool, Liverpool, everywhere. The glory is everywhere. How are you feeling? Have you processed the fact that you are a European champion?
1: Uh, hello, Ben. Thanks for having me. Um, my answer still stays the same as the last time. I'm going to take it slowly because the more slowly you take it all in, the more enjoyable it is, and obviously, um, I can't stop watching all the videos, uh, the reactions, uh, the celebrations uh, of the players, the fans, and everyone. And um, I, still can't, um, uh, I still can't stop watching it. And I really love it because um, it's been a really long time since we won a European competition or, or any major trophy. Um, because the last one was uh, the FA Cup in 2012, I believe. And, um, yeah, it's been a long time since we have won a major trophy. And now since we've won the Champions League, um, I think it's incredible that we've won it six times. The most successful team in Europe, uh, English team in Europe. And uh, we're we're never going to stop to win more and more Champions League trophies. I'm still going to celebrate, I'm still going to walk proud that we won the European Trophy for the sixth time, and the seventh one isn't coming next year, um, but yeah, it also depends on how the season progresses and what teams do that is all secondary, I don't really want to think about it right now, but I just want to think about that we won the sixth one, and the seventh one isn't coming, so let's just do it.
0: <laughs> already got the eyes on the seventh one that 's really cool, and you said that you 've been you 've been uh, um, looking at lots of images karen i mean what, like specifically which ones because i i 'm interested i mean have you been looking at the goals back because i haven 't really been looking at the match itself but just the photos and the videos of the parade. And also various like season reviews on a particular player, like I saw a YouTube video yesterday of Trent and it was his best passes of the season and it was beautiful to watch. It was like watching Picasso paint, Picasso in his prime, just after the blue period. It was absolutely superb, wonderful season by Trent and I love watching those videos. What kind of images are you ingesting, Karen?
1: Uh, Actually, my father um, watches all sorts of videos, compilations, or matches, um, goals, assets, all sorts of uh, stuff that is available on YouTube. And he usually watches all of them in full volume. So um, when I'm in my room doing something and I hear that he's he's watching something, so I straight away uh, go to him and we watch all all of those videos together. Um, So yesterday we were watching the trend uh, documentary again which is on youtube um and before that he was watching the final match again and we couldn't stop talking about the game again it's it's always that way um all these european competition games as well as the domestic games if they are on tv we we always have a chat about it um we always give our own reviews um discuss we discuss everything related to the game the best player the man of the match and Uh, Those things Um, in terms of pictures. I haven't stopped looking at uh, players lifting the trophy I think there was a there was an article uh, that had the uh, pictures of all the players lifting the European Cup uh, after the game was over as well as in the dressing room and um, Also, I was I was also watching the celebrations of all the players individual players on their Instagram stories and uh, Twitter and all sorts of social media And lastly, um, I was watching the parade again last night. I think it was my fourth time, I believe, um, in in the two weeks. Um, I was watching the parade again. I just finished my study for the exam on Sunday, and I had uh, some time to relax, so I just thought, why not the parade? So I was just watching the parade, um, and it was lovely. I I was actually recording parts of the parade again, like for example when Jürgen almost fell off the bus, um, and also other moments like he was counting the number of trophies to the fans out there and all these all these moments I really captured them again and it's really fun to have.
0: Yeah, it's it's fantastic, isn't it? It's fantastic. Shane, I'm gonna to go to you now. I mean, you are a European champion. It's been two weeks. How how is it feeling for you now and how have you been processing it i mean it's 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 real we've we are the champions hello hi good morning guys
2: uh yeah it's real it's very 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 real and i uh i I thought this week i was gonna die down a bit i thought this week i was going to like kind of reel back on it i thought i was gonna take time to focus on other things in my life but I find myself sitting there watching twenty minute long goal compilation videos. Um, I've been really looking back at the goals and maybe prepping for this podcast is has kept me in it the whole time. but um, but yeah, i uh, I just keep I just keep it keep soaking in. I keep getting uh, I think I'm getting more excited as each day goes on. like I'm I, I just can't believe we watch that. I mean, then uh, also on top of that, the fact that, Really, and I and I might talk about this in a season review portion, but it, really, the end of this season has felt like kind of the end to like a three-part uh, a series over the past three seasons. And so I I really was feeling exhausted. I was feeling fatigued after the Champions League final. I didn't want to watch the Nations League. I didn't want to do anything like that. But I, I mean, it's just sinking in more and more and more. And I just keep back just keep going back and looking at those images. Ah, it's wonderful. Oh, oh, the the one thing, the one the one image, the one image that's going to be stuck in my mind through all of this. Um, So I live on the east side of Los Angeles, and primarily in my little corner of the world, uh, soccer is big here, obviously, as it is big. Football is big everywhere else, but in this part of the world, uh, if any of the kids are wearing gear, if any of the kids are wearing any sort of gear, club wear, anything else. It's all Real Madrid, Barcelona, all the time. Every little kid is either Real Madrid or Barcelona, going to school, going from school. And this week, I was uh, driving down Olympic Boulevard, and I saw one kid walking from the school bus wearing a number 11 red Mohamed Salah kit. And I, 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 I started screaming. I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And I rolled down the window I was like, I was like, Hannah, this is how we know Hannah's my girlfriend, just for, uh, just for uh, uh, context and reference points. I was like, this is how we know. This is how we start to see the tie change. Like, this <laughs> is how you know we're real heavyweights. So yeah, so that image of seeing that kid walk in from the school bus in my neighborhood with the Muhammad Salah kid after we won it six times it will always stick with me
0: great stuff wonderful stuff that little kid is a european champion as well we're all european champions it's been a season that we're going to look back on forever as a fantastic season no matter what happens in the future i mean so hard to improve upon it you know 97 points in the league and to win the Champions League that one game against Tottenham at the end I mean it just it just it's just right so many stories just that one game the fact that we won we came out on top you know if you if you're an Everton fan or a Man United fan then you know one that was planning on trolling us all summer which they would have done had we lost as you know failures and losers and all that stuff can i just say piss off yes piss off ah oh, it feels good uh, anyway Um, Cop On Awards, yeah, here we are, the Cop On Awards, celebrating this marvellous season. It was so hard to do. We had lots of different categories. We had people voting from all over the world, from Korea, from uh, Ghana, from India, from England, all over the world, Scandinavia. It's so nice that this podcast reaches so many people. So thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. Um, the first category, the most important category. I mean, in the Oscars, they they save it to the end, the best film Oscar. But we are going straight in with our best player because it's pretty obvious he got he got uh, pretty much everybody's vote, I believe. Virgil Van Dijk. Um Karen, Virgil Van Dijk. Uh, there was some kind of interesting stat about the Champions League, wasn't there from today? Do you know that one?
1: Yeah. Um... He's, he was the fastest player uh, among all the players that featured in the Champions League this season. It's really incredible. He left behind the, the likes of Bale and um, Kylian Mbappe. And it's it's really good. I mean, uh, the second, uh, uh, I think in second position, it's Leroy Sané, if I'm not wrong. Um, and, to, and to beat everyone and be on the top, I think it's really incredible.
0: It is totally incredible. Um And I was just double-checking whilst you were answering that. And and yes, it was unanimous. Everybody voted Virgil as our player of the season. Shane, you didn't agree. I mean, you didn't disagree. You voted for him too. Virgil, I mean, as Karen says, the fastest player in the Champions League, faster than Mbappe, faster than Bale. He's... There's not much he can't do is there? I mean he's he's the ultimate thing. I mean for you would I mean he deserves the Ballon d'Or, doesn't he? What a player. Yes he does. I mean <laughs>
2: There's so many stats that we could list right now. I mean, at this point, it feels kind of silly to even list stats because we've been listing them all season. I mean, I'm sure one of you guys have uh, his stats if we need to bring him up. But he's been absolutely incredible. Everyone knows that. He's been instrumental in shoring up our defense. He's provided uh, solid uh, solidity through the spine of our formation. I mean, he really brings uh, leadership in the dressing room and on the pitch. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to come up with another word other than perfect. But he's been perfect. Ultimately, uh, we we unfairly ask that of our players in the sport. We ask them to be perfect, and they almost never and pretty much never live up to it. But this season, he's delivered. I mean, yeah, give him the balloon, Ballon d'Or. Give him new terms. Build
0: him a statue. He's the best player. <laughs> Absolutely, they should name they should name Her Majesty's battleships after him, or something. I don't know. You 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 can just, I don't know, name parks and gardens and streets and, I don't know, everything after him. I mean, it's interesting. You mentioned perfection there. I mean, I'm I'm from a sort of Rafa Benitez school myself. I don't think footballing perfection exists, but there are several. Moments in in my life in football where I've seen it close, you know Barcelona beating Real Madrid five nil a few seasons ago with uh, with their great you know players like all throughout their team, but when Chabi Hernandez still played for them, that was as close to perfection as I've seen from a team performance. But then, you know, beating Barcelona four 0 that was almost perfect. And Virgil van Dijk, he is our Player of the Year. He's the Copons Player of the Year. Uh, as well you know congratulations Virgil I don't know exactly what you might, what you're going to win maybe a golden something golden like a packet of uh, golden graham cereal or some you know I don't know golden a golden delicious apple or maybe sort of gold plated custard cream our next category is the most improved player now this is an interesting one um because I want to start with people who had honourable mentions. And there were two players who had honourable mentions. Um, one is Trent, and the other is our captain, Jordan Henderson. And I don't... like Before we get to the winner, it's Trent and Jordan Henderson. So, uh, Shane, I'm going to stay with you. Our captain, Jordan His big improvements this season, what have you noticed for his big improvements, even though he's not the winner? Uh, Some big
2: improvements for Jordan Henderson have been just part of it has come positionally. Uh, A big improvement also has been perceptionally, uh, I guess. Yeah, perceptionally. I don't know if that's exactly the right word, uh, but people's perception of him has definitely improved. And that's through uh, shifting him up in position. Um, also, I've noticed uh, one moment in particular in the season. It was when it was when Jordan. It was when Jordan was taken off. I can't remember the match. Maybe you guys can remi- remind me. But there was a moment when Jordan put his head down. I believe it was in the later part of 2018, the Premier League. Jordan put his head down when he was getting subbed off, and he walked past Klopp, and Klopp went for that high five handshake, and Jordan, like you know, was walking past him with a with a bad attitude, and Klopp called him back. And it became a headline, and he's like, hey, you didn't shake my hand. And they had the handshake. And there was was that moment there where I think Jordan Henderson really even stopped giving himself the allowance to even have a bad attitude. And he kind of took that step as a leader to to be on his P's and Q's, to cross all of his T's and dot all of his I's, uh, so to speak as a leader. And he really stepped up to the challenge from there. And I believe Klopp actually, I mean, Jordan Henderson was a great leader prior to Klopp in terms of his, you know, daily regimen and the, the example that he sets. But without a doubt, I, it just galvanized him. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of right now off the top of my head.
0: Well, that's, an, that's a marvelous answer. Yeah, the game you're referring to Shane is uh, from actually from February this year. I think, when Henderson was uh, brought off, Shaqiri was brought on against Manchester United as Klopp was chasing the game. He wanted to, you know, bring in an attacking player and uh, Henderson refused to, to, you know, just ignored Klopp's right, outstretched right arm, as you said. But then Klopp brought him back, confronted him about it. And then uh, since then, he had a great attitude, a wonderful, wonderful attitude. Um, Karen, uh, the winner... I want to talk to you about the winner of our most improved player. Um, It's Joel Matip. Um, I mean, what can you say about Joel Matip, Karen?
1: Um, I think he really deserves a shout out uh, to be the most improved player, honestly, because um, I'm sure other players have have improved as well. But the levels that this player has improved, I think it's really impressive. when joe gomez was injured at burnley away um, we needed someone to step up and partner with van dyke and um, the first name uh, that comes up in our minds was Matt and i think he did amazing um, if you look at the stats he was only dispossessed once i think or rarely i don't even remember and his passing accuracy seems to improve every year and um, even though he uh, partnering with Van dyke we've considered some goals, but that's okay um, but he's done uh, he's uh, made some superb tackles um, he's even um, outplayed Van Dyke in some matches and I think um, there are some areas where he has also improved a lot, like in terms of aerial duels and his overall rating after the game um i don't really see any significant weakness um uh, in matter, but I think there's always room for improvement as you said that no play is perfect um, so I think um, he has done r- amazing um, also assisting Devok in the final that was really uh, that was really great um, I think other players also deserve a shout out uh, like in, in the likes of Trent Robertson Allison and uh, Henderson for example um, there are so many players that deserve a shout-out. I, I would even count Firmino uh, in that list, but even though he's had a decent season, not as effective as the previous one, but he's still done a massive job for us. Everyone has everyone have contributed equally and um, I think it's it's amazing that we have someone to rely on if a first defender gets injured. Or oh, even if Van Dyke misses a game or two, I think we have Gomez and Matip to partner on and our defence is still so strong. So I think uh, that is a major improvement.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree with you. Um, you know, if, if Gomez and Matip were to play together, I mean, the obvious... Um, you know, worry might be leadership because you'd lose Virgil van Dyke's amazing leadership. But yes, in terms of talent, in terms of quality, Matip has been superb and Joe Gomez is another superb defender. So it looks like, yeah, we're, we're sort of sorted and it's been very nice to see Joel Matip, as you say, uh, doing so well in all the stats. Yes, he was only dispossessed once all season, I believe. He uh, got 100% of uh, his dribble's success, which is uh, kind of amazing. I mean, you know, people panic about that. I know some Liverpool fans panic about him when he's dribbling, but he didn't lose a ball once in one dribble all season, which I find incredible. So that was so heartwarming to see. Um Yes. Uh, um. What the next category? We've mentioned him already, but the best young player. I mean, it's easy. It's Trent Shane. It's Trent Alexander Arnold.
2: Yes, it is Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean, he. What a player! What a player! What a player! I absolutely amazing. I um. I'm. I'm trying to find the words to start. Dare I say? Dare I say? I've, I've mentioned on this podcast a couple times about me dreaming that one day he will uh, p- take the cow from uh, Jordan Henderson and assume the role as Liverpool captain in the future. But dare I say, I could even see him being captain of the three lions like this. He's he's that great of a prospect. He's that great of a player. He's the model for a youth academy player. He's a homegrown player, Liverpool lad. I mean, him and his whole family at this point are basically club royalty, and we should, we should welcome them as such. His contribution has been outstanding. Uh, his, I, the one moment that is stuck in my mind from the season is his assist for the fourth goal against Barcelona at Anfield. That corner kick, that cleverness, that inventiveness in the moment. It, it, he etched his mark into Anfield forever at the age of 20 years old he's a european champion and he's our very own i mean i can't think of another player who carries the weight as an ambassador for what it means to play for liverpool and be for liverpool and be from liverpool more than trent alexander arnold
0: absolutely You're right there. And I like that answer because you had some ambient music in the background and it led this sort of heavenly ambience of talking about Trent. But no, that was great. Trent, um, you know, in terms of improvements from last season, last season he got one goal and one assist in 19 Premier League games. Um, But in the Premier League alone, he got one goal and 12 assists in 29 games this season. So that's how well he's improved. But the best young player, yeah, one of the best young players in the world, you would have to say. Best signing is next. It's so difficult to to, to choose between, um, you know, we had Alisson, Fabinho, Naby Keita from last season. Um, and Shaqiri, of course. Uh, the The winner, Alison Becker. Seventy nine percent save ratio, which is the best in the league. Superb passing as well. This is something I wrote down in my notes. His passing—it's underrated, isn't it, Karen? It's. It, it, there's one pass I remember in the final where, the ball was going straight. It was a long pass, and the ball was going straight you know, towards, you know, to dissect the the the, the centre spot and then it curled to the right between two Tottenham defenders and went perfectly into Mo Salah's path. It was defence to attack in just one pass and it was it was one of the best passes I've ever seen from a goalkeeper. I'm not sure if anyone will remember it. In the future, but Alison Becker, he's been hefty, he's been commanding, he's been towering and gargantuan, and Karen, he plays guitar. Alison Becker.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That pass in the final was the best I've ever seen by a goalkeeper. Uh, initially, I thought he's throwing it straight, but then the amount of spin he gave on the ball, it, it sort of just go through the midfield and the defense and straight on to Salah on the, on the right side of the, uh, of the pitch. And it was just incredible. I thought Salah was going to score. Um, and there are several moments in, in, the, in the season where you've seen him, um, you know, display some outrageous passes. Like, for example, um, the goal against Fulham, um, Mitrovic was flagged offside and he immediately collected the ball, passed it on to Trent. And Trent passed it on to Salah, and the goal. That quick thinking, that ability to pick players with his uh, with throwing the ball or with his foot, I think it's really incredible. He had a nervy moment at the beginning of the season against Leicester, but um, he really picked up on it. And one special moment, I think that I think some some of us have forgotten, is that the outrageous chip over a player he just did in in the box. And we just thought that you know the player is just gonna steal the ball off him and it's an open goal, but then the way the way he's just chipped the ball over him, I think we should give we should give a blonde ear to him for that. I know I'm just exaggerating, <laughs> but I think it's really massive. Um, there's several other passes that we can think of, um, including the one in the final. So I think he has really learned the clock way of playing football from the back. He has improved that aspect totally. I mean his saves are just incredible, you can't just pick out the best save but uh, the number of saves he made in the final, um, I think they were they were amazing and I think they were the most saves I think in the final if I'm not wrong and those saves actually won us the final um, and also, obviously you can uh, pick out one, one save that actually led us to the final which was the save against Napoli the final group stage game if he hadn't made that save we would be playing in Europa League so I think um, there are so many moments passes saves that you can think of and if you compile them all you can watch them over and over again in the blue you won't you will never get tired watching it he's he's been superb I think he's the best signing like we agree um, his save ratio the best in the league that is that is another impressive record I think um, since pepper reina uh, this is the record that we were looking for so i think he's really done that he had the most clean sheets in the league um, beating edison so i think it's really amazing to have a really strong goalkeeper because um scoring goals will win you matches but having an incredible defense will win you the competition so i think um i'm sure we are all blessed to have him as a keeper and uh, we can't wait to see uh, to see him doing the same next season, and hopefully we can land more major honors.
0: Beautiful answer, wonderful answer. Yes, yes, you covered a lot there. Yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. We, we feel blessed, don't we, Shane, to have it. But uh, what do you make of the others, Shane? The the um, you know, um, Fabinho, of course, defensive midfielder has been majestic, um, and then Nabi Cater. Cherd and Shakiri, I mean, three interesting players to talk about from from our last, you know, from last summer's transfer dealings. What do you make of those other three? The other three signings were relatively
2: under the radar, minus the Keita one that had been building from uh, the season prior. Um, they people were surprised. People were definitely surprised. People were surprised by the Shakiri signing, uh, for sure, with his fourteen million release clause. Uh, People didn't exactly know uh, what to make of it. Uh, The obviously signing Allison Becker was the on the nose obvious signing. Uh, and it was almost strange for that to like come through. Uh, and I've obviously voted for Allison Becker to be the best signing. But everyone else, you know, you you rely on the recruiting department of Liverpool under Klopp to deliver you these options. And uh, Fabinho and Navicata are those um, people who don't have like necessarily the biggest profile around the world. Like you know, people uh, people like like a Christian Pulisic, uh, Pulisic that people were um, calling for us to sign. But you know, Chelsea Chelsea got him. Um, for Fabinho, oh my goodness, he is – <laughs> who else can tackle like him? People, people in the club say he has extendo like legs, that he's like Inspector Gadget. I mean, he's just he, – he has this ability to win the ball in the midfield uh, that we didn't necessarily – I mean, we we have – all of our players can obviously win a challenge and win the ball off someone. But Fabinho can do it and then run from behind and take the ball off someone. All these players—Shakiri, Fabinho, Keita—they they really add so much to our midfield, and they just prove of—they're just further proof and evidence of how wise, how calculating, how nimble, how agile, um, and how smart our recruiting department is.
0: I think it's interesting with Fabinho because, you know, if you make a great save, as Karen says, you, you you know, you win matches, you win trophies. Our XG was uh, around 1.24 in the final and Spurs' XG was 1.18. So it should have been 1-1, but, uh, you know, Alisson, you know, was was unbeatable really that day. Um, In defensive midfield, if you take the ball off somebody you could also be saving a goal because they could you know play a through ball if you don't win it off the off the playmaker for example so i think fabinho's role is really hard to to judge uh, but you can see what an impact he's had on us i mean he's been he's been consistent and freaking marvelous and he's a credit to himself and the club The next category is one I really liked because it was so hard, it divided a lot of opinions. It was the best quote from Jurgen Klopp and I enjoyed reading all of your answers there. (laughs) There uh, Dr Mo Hakim, uh, he liked it when uh, Jurgen was doing the Champions League interview and he said to the translator, you have a very erotic voice, Congratulations which is pretty funny. Um and uh, that with that got a couple of other people's votes. Um you know I like if we fail let's fail in the most beautiful way. He said that before Barcelona and we didn't uh fail. I mean there's also that you know let's talk about six excellent pun especially in your second language brilliant stuff. And uh yeah, I don't know there were loads and loads of possibilities from from our manager uh, see if I can find a couple more actually yes, um, let's talk about six. Oh, yes, for me, life is about trying again and again that's a good one that's a very good motto for life. uh I like though Liverpool is an emotional club when he talks about the emotions of Liverpool, but the winner the winner is the fact that he called us mentality monsters, and even in one interview he said fucking mentality monsters. This is something that belongs on a t-shirt. Um, Karen, I mean, Jurgen Klopp, if you were a footballer, try and imagine you're a footballer right, you're playing uh, for your, for you know the Indian national team and Liverpool are interested in signing you, or real madrid or barcelona are are interested in signing you would you be tempted away from the spanish clubs to come and work for jürgen
1: i mean that is that is such an obvious question um obviously you would you would go for jürgen because his charisma his energy and the way he just transforms it to his players i think it's really incredible i haven't seen any manager do that i mean um just Think about it. You are in the dressing room with Jurgen Klopp and he's addressing uh, you something before the game and he says that um, you've, you've done so much the season and blah, 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 whatever. He's, he's sharing all that information and then he's quoting something. Wouldn't you feel so motivated and you go out there and do your best? You would want that rather than just winning the La Liga or something every year. I mean, why would you want that when you have someone who can push you beyond the boundaries so that you become the best and you can achieve something with the club. I mean, that's the kind of manager I would want to work for. No matter which team was I playing for, it's okay, that was in the past. But where I am now, that matters. And where will I be, that matters. And if I am managed uh, under Jurgen Klopp, I think it's a dream come true. I I would love to play for him. I think in my next life, if I want to be a footballer, I want to be a player for Jürgen Klopp. Damn right.
0: Yes, if reincarnation does exist, exactly. I'd like to be reincarnated as, I don't know, Alice and Becca, maybe. Um, Absolutely fantastic. Um, um, Shane, uh, the next one, we've got to move on. Best celebration and best haircut were both won by the same person, of course. Bobby Firmino, the best celebration. Bobby's one-eyed pirate thing uh, after he, you know, lost uh, temporarily, got, got a whack in the eye. And remember his eye was bleeding or something. so a horrific looking injury. A few days later, comes back against PSG, scores the winner after coming on from the bench. Bobby Firmino has also got the best haircut with an honourable mention to Rock. Uh, who was second in that list. But, uh, yes, I don't know. Bobby Firmino. I think about him and I just... I feel all warm and fuzzy, Shane. He's... Uh, he's. I noticed one stat you can throw at people who still don't understand what he does. Um, Harry Kane was is known for being a really good passer of the ball uh, from a number 9 he's 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 very creative he's very good passing stats he he, he can completed 73% of his passes last season uh, whereas Bobby our number 9 our withdrawn number 9 our false number 9 who keeps it so real is on 81% pass completion. He wins tackles. He keeps the ball in the tiniest of spaces. He's got tricks. He's got flicks. He's got intelligence. He's got movement. Bobby Firmino, Shane, the best haircut as well. Yes. Yeah.
2: Uh, you, you could keep going on and on and on about Bobby Firmino. And I actually just watched Brazil play Bolivia in the inaugural 2019 Copa America match last night. And and Bobby started up front in the number nine position, and he was doing all those things that he was doing for Liverpool all year: running back, connecting passes, providing link-up play. And he even set up this one wonderful, wonderfully beautiful lofted chipped ball to Felipe Coutinho for for his second headed goal. So it was watching that last night. I just I was just like, what? <sighs> I just reminisce about those days. But it was just Bobby being Bobby. Bobby doing all of those things that he always does. Yes, his celebration for the the one-eyed pirate for his left hand over his left eye definitely deserves the celebration of the year. I mean, I, it was magnificent is the only word that comes to mind. Colossal is another one. I mean, he was the late game winner against PSG. You're right, he was coming off that awful eye injury. And uh, with that, uh, he... He subs on, and he provides that ball. He puts it right into the side netting, and he, I, I'm already jumping up, yelling, screaming, so so ecstatic that he hits it. And then as soon as he puts the hand over his eye, you instantly know what he's referencing. You instantly know what he's talking about. And it was like if you could score a goal on top of a goal, that's what he did that moment. Um, and then yeah, his haircuts, he changes them all the time, but they're great. It, it could be up, it could be down one part could be shaved it could be not there could be two lines in his eyebrows you it could be anything last night he has this kind of caesar uh, uh where his hair's laying down kind of uh kind of look even but yeah no i love his expression i love the way he expresses himself he's so flamboyant his no look finishes i he has such a personality and he brings so much to our club and i just want him around forever
0: yeah yeah i wish yeah I mean, you know, I just said uh, if I could be V and I'd so be Alison, but how cool would it be to be Bobby, to actually be this guy, this funky, mad Brazilian that we absolutely adore. Adore. Uh, the next category, Karen, is a bit of a, I don't know. In retrospect, who 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 cares really? But it was our worst match of the season, and uh, there was you know lots of people were talking about the, you know they voted for various draws you know in in the Premier League last season, particularly West Ham and Leicester, uh, but the actual winner was an awful performance, Belgrade away. Um, I went to the Liverpool supporters bar in Paris for it. Where do you remember where you were? Where you watched that horror show of Red Star Belgrade away?
1: Yes. Oh, and I was at home, and I was watching the game alone. Uh, my dad was not feeling well, so I remember he sleep. Uh, he slept early, and I was watching the game alone. And I just, I just wanted to watch the whole game so that I can pick out the moments that were horrible. But it was it was an awful game, and I can't really think um, what parts were horrible. I haven't had the time to go back to the game again. But I think it was it was a worst away game. And uh, like you said, some of those draws really hurt us, in particular the the away uh, game against uh, the United. Um, I, I, oh, wait, scrap that. The away game against Shited, because they're really shite. Um, <laughs> that really hurt that game really hurt because um in the first half three players were injured and we just had to bury the game i think it was just a simple game for us but um we were unable to get a winner so i think some of those draws really hurt us um and if we had managed to convert either of those draws into a win or um or more all all of those games seem to win, then I think you'll be walking away with the league. So um, you never know anything could could happen. Um, But I think Red Star stands out to me as the worst game. Um, Also, another mention to uh, a bad game was against Fulham, where we had to rely on James Miller's late penalty to win. Um, So, yeah, some of these games really hurt us. Um, We were struggling to get a draw or a win um i think uh, the game against city the one we lost all season i think we could have won the game but it was um, it was a really tough one and no one could have predicted that we could we could uh, we could either win draw or lose the game so i think a special mention goes to that game because we really gave that fighting spirit um also the game against paris away where uh, we lost 2-1 i think that was the, uh, that was the another horrible game in terms of um the way the opposition team was playing. Um but if if that was uh, the game where we can compare it to the to the reverse like the first game at Anfield, I think we really had a chance to win that game. So um if you pick out all of those bad games, I think Belgrade away stands uh is labeled as
0: the worst yeah it's actually interesting, isn't it yeah, it is labeled as the worst. I mean, if you look at the stats, we had twenty three shots to their, i think ten um but you know both teams had only four shots on target in the whole game we were i remember us taking like wild, long shots and stuff that wasn 't just wasn 't us, and we didn 't have any calm in the final third and I don't know. We had to, we we played Lalana and Sturridge in that match, but uh, I don't know. It doesn't really matter because uh, we ended up winning the competition. Ooh, that sounds lovely, doesn't it? Uh, once again, Liverpool, six times champions of Europe. In case you hadn't uh, remembered, in case you had forgotten, uh, the next. Um, I'm going to stay with you, Karen, because the next one is more positive. And it's the best goal, the goal of the season. Now, this is something that is hard to decide because there were so many, and people voted uh, for lots of different ones. Um, but the one winner was Mohamed Salah against Chelsea. Now, I want to give you some other options because it's easy to forget exactly what, uh, you know, all of the amazing goals. That that was scored this season. There was Mane's back heel, which was glorious, and that was my vote. There was Daniel Sturridge versus Chelsea, and for me, that's a better strike than Mo Salah versus Chelsea, but that's just my opinion. There was Divock versus Everton. There was Divock versus Spurs. And there was Divock versus Barca from that corner. Ooh. They're all just lovely, lovely moving images in the memory that we will cherish forever, aren't they, Karen? What was your choice, Karen? Do, do you agree with the majority? Do you endorse this democratic system of voting and say, yes, it was Salah versus Chelsea?
1: Yeah, I think it's... It actually, I I was in a dilemma because I think the goal, uh goal against Chelsea was... I think that was really hard, um, but uh, so was Salah's goal against Chelsea. So I was, I was really confused as in which goal was the best. I've watched both of those goals again and again, but um, I just had that feeling that I think most uh, Salah's goal was, was harder at the end. So I, I picked that one as uh, my favorite goal of the season. Um, but yeah, and all the other goals that you mentioned, um, like Mane's backheel chip. Um, dubox winner in the final, um, Mane's brilliance, by and way, if you haven't mentioned that, uh, the first goal where he completely destroyed Manuel Neuer, um, that was uh, an amazing goal as well. And also another mention goes to Mane's opener against Manchester United. Um, the pass, uh, the weight of the pass from Fabinho, I think that that really set up the goal, and Mane just had to just slot it in. Um, so, yeah, there are several goals that um, that, uh, that sounds really amazing and uh, they are worth uh, to be considered as uh, our goals of the season. But I picked Salah's goal against Chelsea as my goal of the season.
0: Lovely answer. Absolutely. And yeah, of course, Manny versus Bayern. Nobody, nobody voted for that beauty. Shane, do you agree? Was it Salah versus Chelsea? Ooh, I, uh, I'm i torn by this question,
2: absolutely torn by this question. Oh, now that I'm in the hot seat, now that I'm on the spot, I going into it, I was okay with, like, you know, being like, oh, you know, this one's great, this one's great, but maybe they're all the same. But now that I'm thinking about it, now that I'm here, I definitely have to give it to Sturridge. I'm going to have to disagree with the general public. I think Sturge's strike against Chelsea was absolutely otherworldly I thought it was on another planet yes I thought Muhammad Salah had a wonderful strike he hit it so hard he thumped it into the corner uh, but the way Daniel Sturridge lifted that ball it was power and technique and a perfect yin-yang balance that I don't know if I will see again for some time I, I mean poor Keppa. Poor Kepa, we were just running a highlight reel on him in his first season being the world's most expensive goalkeeper. Yeah, I I, I feel I you know I feel a little bad for him, but I definitely believe Sturge's goal. That it came in a moment when there was no hopes. Uh, Shakiri had missed a sitter uh, from across uh, off a half volley. He had completely put it uh, wide right of the post. And uh, all hope in that game had been lost. I don't know if everyone remembers, but at that point, Chelsea had not lost a single game. And we had not lost a single game either. And so it was our win record was on the line. And and Daniel Sturridge just came up with something out of nowhere. When it happened, when it happened, I ripped my shirt off. I ripped my shirt off and I spun it around my head because there's, (laughs) I, I don't know. It was incredible. But yeah. I could go
0: on. <laughs> that sounds great. Excellent. And I hope you were in public. Marvellous stuff. Yes. I mean, we got we we scored so many goals. Uh, I'm just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't find the exact number. But, uh, you know, Salah scored 27, Mane 26, Firmino 16. And then amongst the rest, Milner 7, Origi 7, shakiri 6, Van Dijk 6. Wijnaldum 5, Sturridge 4, to 3. Three own goals. Trent scored one, Fabinho scored one, Jordan scored one, Lovren scored one and Joel Matip scored one. And that's all of our goals from last season. And what a marvellous season. Yeah, so we've got three different opinions. Shane's picking Sturridge versus Chelsea, which you're right, in context was 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 absolutely wonderful such a turning point in the season it also derailed Chelsea a lot and uh you know Karen's going with uh with Salah versus Chelsea like lots of you uh did and uh, that was certainly a thunder cracker but for me Mane's back heel because nobody's ever done that before (laughs) you know like people have curled shots into the top corner like Sturridge people have bloated firecrackers into the top corner from 20 25 30 meters like like Mo Salah did against Chelsea but as far as I know in 30 years of watching football nobody has ever had their back to goal known that the keeper was coming out to, with your heel, hit the ball against the ground so that it bounces up over the onrushing goalkeeper. I mean, that's imagination, that's creativity. That's why I love it so much. But now we're going to go on to our next one, another very, very difficult category. The most memorable image now we've talked already about all of us having seen thousands of images since our victory two weeks ago but the most memorable image, I'll give you a couple of you know words from what people said, I mean I've got a um, you know list of some people so for example Shawnack in Canada his most memorable image was simply lifting number six. Uh, there was others like uh, you know lots of people voted for you know, Klopp running onto the pitch and hugging Allison after Everton. Lots of people voted for that. Uh, and then uh, there was, uh, you know, Hen- Henderson hugging his dad. You know, uh, that's a good one as well. He's, him hugging his dad. Uh, uh, you know, Lee Sikora, Linus Loveguard voted for that one. Two cop on contributors. It's been a season of so many wonderful, wonderful images. The parade for example, and before I tell you what the winner is, Shane, I want you to just go through a couple of them, you know, just the first ones that spring to mind now of, you know, iconic images of this heroic season. Wow. Yeah, that the first one that comes
2: to my mind, aside from the start, is uh, uh, that first team goal, that first team goal against West Ham when Kay, when kate lays it off to, I believe, Robinson and Roberts, Robertson uh, then passes it off to Salah. That, that just felt like the start of something electric, of something exciting. That image continued all the way uh, with an incredible start to the Everton match. I mean, my goodness, we could go on. We could, we could probably dedicate a whole podcast to that, to the end of that game. And with Virgil's Slice, with Jordan Pickford's amazing volleyball skills, to uh to dvox header it was i i mean and then klopp running onto the field and then oh, my goodness uh one image that comes out is joe gomez breaking his leg that was hard at burnley that was definitely a sour note things felt perilous a little bit in defense in that moment but little did we know that joel natip was about to step up to the plate um Oh Shakiri putting two goals past United. Oh my goodness. It's just going on and on and on and on and on for me the lifting the European Cup, but for me what I voted for was the parade. The parade was something I I felt like it felt like Christmas. It felt like Liverpool Christmas was just bleeding straight into my eyes. I just could not even I just could not even it was just beyond joy. Just, and it was so long. It was hours and hours long on the Liverpool FC TV Go uh, platform. Uh, but it was amazing coverage, amazing access. I know uh, there had never been such access and coverage and such detailing that in tandem with the player social media, you could not get enough access in the moment live of that parade than what we did. I mean, in unimaginable ways, I'm sure, in the future. But the parade just brought me so much joy for so long to see everything, all the red, all the white, all the red and the gold. Oh my goodness! The parade, the parade felt. It just became this moment for me where no matter, it's a goal for me now. It's definitely a goal for me and my family for next, if we can, next time or whenever Liverpool lift a major trophy to, if we can't be there for the trophy or anything else like that, but to, no matter what, try to save up and just to go to Liverpool just for the parade. Because that seems to be almost even more enjoyable than going a game that wins it. Um, and then in that parade, there's this one moment where Jurgen Klopp pours a beer onto Rianne Brewster's head. And it is just, it's just pure joy.
0: <laughs> yeah, poor Rianne. Poor Rian, he got it a bit of doing that parade because, you know, another time he was being interviewed and Richie Partridge, who's like uh, one of our first team coaches, he, um, you know, he was like, Well, how many games have you played for Liverpool? And Rian was forced to say, None. I, I felt bad for him, actually, but yes, that was pretty funny. With Klopp pouring a beer beer on his head, and, and Rian can prove his worth next season as he will. Yes, so many images, Karen um
1: what stand out for you or you know off the top of your head right now the most there are so many moments that uh, that come to my mind when when you, when if i have to pick one it would be henderson lifting the the champions league trophy uh, for the sixth time um because it really shows how much he wanted uh, to to lift the trophy how much clock wanted the city the fans and everyone all the liverpool fans Um, But a really, really special mention goes to Henderson hugging his dad. Uh, There are several other moments that uh, you can pick out. For example, Klopp's fist bumps after the game. Um, And, um, you know, the celebrations. For example, um, Milner's old man celebration. Um, The team celebration when we defeated Barcelona. There are so many moments. um, And uh, the one you mentioned where... Uh, Jurgen Klopp ran onto the field and hugged Allison after Divock scored the winner in the Merseyside derby in the most beautiful way I can imagine because I still remember, um, I think before the game, or a few days before the game, uh, Bickford claimed that he doesn't make mistakes like Allison does and he just made a horrible mistake in that game and it cost him the derby and three points. So, um, yeah, there are so many moments where uh, you can pick out the, uh, the best moments. But if I had to pick my top three, it would be Henderson lifting the Champions League trophy, um, Henderson hugging his dad, and Salah station uh, never give up.
0: That's a marvellous answer. Thank you so much, Karen. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great top three. And in fact, you've, you nailed it in terms of the winner because the winner is indeed Henderson lifting the cup, the European Cup. I mean, I had imagined him doing it um, for for years. I imagined, you know, Henderson lifting any cup as a captain because, of course, he'd, that was his first one. And I'd often imagined it. And I thought him just, you know, going up there, getting the cup, you know, lifting it with a roar. But I didn't expect that little tippy-tappy dance that he did first. I thought that was very funny and totally brilliant. Um, moving on to our very last category then. The very last one is the best song. And the best song of the season, the best chant that got everybody going. And it often became a sort of, um, like a loop, like a kind of mantra, like this tribalistic group meditation. Of course I'm talking about Bobby Firmino's Si Senor Chant, And so let's finish these Cop On Awards by talking a little bit about the crowd. And you can't deny it, can you, Shane, that there is an obvious link between the players, the manager and the fans that hasn't, you know, existed for many years, I think. And it's everybody's on board. Everybody is... You know, believe believing that we can win. Now we we were doubters. Now we believe. Um, you know what can you say about the Liverpool crowd, the cop, the fans around the world like us, Shane?
2: There is so much to be said for the for the supporters, for this fan base that we call home, that we call family. Um, my goodness, you're right. We have achieved that that very rare synergistic holy trinity of club uh, of a uh, team manager and supporters all in line together going from doubters to believers in the biggest sense of the way um you're right that seems some your it seems to carry around the whole the whole of the stadium whenever it's sung and everyone's bouncing with it there's It's so incredible to be a part of this family. It's so incredible to be a part of this journey. I did not imagine when Klopp came in that it would be like this, but it's like this. (laughs) It's this, I feel like I just finished uh, the third movie of a trilogy, a very long, long trilogy, but in the best way. And it, 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 it paid off. It raised all these questions. It, it quelled all the conflict that it brought up and it's so amazing it feels like things have come to fruition like we've watched a coming of age of real realization of potential and now that we're sitting on top of the mountain what's next
0: i'm just enjoying the view for now but that's an absolutely superb answer brilliantly well said shane uh what can you say about the you know, the Liverpool family across the world, Cameron. and I'm I'm curious about, you know, other Reds you know in India. I mean, Liverpool, I know Liverpool's a massive club over there as well. But what can you say about this global family that we're a part of?
1: Um, I think uh, there are no words uh, to describe uh, how important and how great this LFC family is. The fan base is absolutely incredible. Um i was i was in bangalore in 2017 i think uh, where there were uh, there was a premier league event and uh, the the opening game uh, in that event was liverpool versus manchester united um, and uh, the likes of Alan shearer uh, robert perez and uh, john barnes were there and um, the amount of liverpool fans over there i mean it was really incredible um, it was really fun to connect with all of them. And I know that there are more uh, Liverpool fans out there in India. And unfortunately, they couldn't attend the event. But I, I really know that there's a huge number of Liverpool fans in India, in Asia and in the world. Um, and it's really great to connect with them in person, on social media and Twitter and Instagram. And um, I really am really blessed that um, I know you guys as Liverpool fans, our uh, Cop podcast group and some of the great accounts in, in Twitter and Instagram. Um, I think if I have to sum up, uh, if I have to describe the LFC family in one word, I would say amazing. Um, and also to speak about the best song, um, my best two songs are actually C-Senor si and Van Dyck's song. Um, I was in uh, Mahabaleshwar um, a few months ago and we were trekking uh, up and down the hill and actually to be motivated to complete the trekking I was singing both of these songs um, and it's really great. Um, uh, And also a special mention uh, also goes to uh, Alison because I think he really deserves a song and um, I'm just reminding Alison if he is if he's listening to this podcast, that he agreed um, to do a boss night if we win the Champions League or the Premier League this season. So I think he should really um, attend the boss night event. Um, it, it's really amazing to see those celebrations, the amount of fans that turn up to these events, and they show their uh, motivation. They they really love to speak a lot about the game. It's really positive. And an energetic atmosphere to be around uh, uh, an Elps fan. Yeah, it's terrific. It's terrific. It's amazing
0: to be a to be a part of it. And thank you so much for your for your contributions this season, Karen. You've been absolutely brilliant. it has been so nice talking to you on Cop on. Thank you as well, Shane. Um, and just before we go, um, I just want to quickly remind everybody, including the dear listener, how. Lucky we are not to be Everton fans, uh, because you know, for example, there's there's a great account called At Everton Oslo on Twitter, and uh, you know, I don't like to laugh too much, but this guy is he seems very um, antagonistic towards Liverpool fans, and, um, I mean, we just got to be happy we're not him, you know. He he says ridiculous things like. Uh, you know the Champions League should be for the champions only, so therefore, he uh, would negate pretty much every winner over the last 20 years. And uh, Liverpool won the Champions League, or in the old format, four times. So maybe he wants to go back to even more Liverpool domination. We've got to be happy we're not at Everton, Oslo, who's obviously very upset, and another one, Duffy. EFC, with the Premier League introducing VAR and foreign referees, Everton will finish above Liverpool. He said that on the 21st of May. He said, remember this tweet. I will, Duffy. I've saved it. And, uh, you know, one more thing from at mini chats show. Funny thing is, even if Pep leaves, Liverpool aren't winning the title next season. They blew it this season. And with VAR, they don't have the mental capacity to go again. It doesn't even make sense. Their cycle ends this season. Winning the Champions League will be their peak. As always, top players will leave Klopp, who is a stepping stone coach. Now, you got to be happy, guys. That you're not these silly, silly fans. There's a there's a dog who's barking outside, probably because he heard me talking about Everton with their supersonic hearing, and he doesn't want to hear any of that shit. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us. It's been the first annual On Awards. Um, it's been absolutely joyful to live. Uh, some of these memories, some of these performances, some of these great things from this colossal season with you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So there we have it. Thank you a billion zillion times. I, I mean even more than that really. I mean the Geiger counter exists. So does the abacus. So do so do things like the Richter scale. But my appreciation for you, the listener, is really off all kinds of charts. Thank you so, so much. Indeed. Please get in touch with us, coponpodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to be on coponpodcast Podcast for next season, we're looking at expanding already. So if you're interested in this kind of thing, want to talk about the Mighty Reds, no matter who you are, where you are, wherever you are in the world, please do get in touch, at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at coponpodcast. Um, you know, you can do the rating thing if you want. You probably can't be asked. But if you were to rate us on iTunes, that would be good for those Apple users out there. And uh, for now, that's it. Uh, I shall take a little break. But we do have some plans for the summer to have some uh, very, I hope, interesting, engaging shows for you. Uh, But until next time, once more, thank you.